0: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim alhamdulillah, was salatu was salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa man ala nahjihi ila yawmiddin Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Today we're going to talk about Quran preservation and the Quran uh, Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised that it will be preserved and he will make sure himself that he will preserve it um and he will Preserve it for us in, in a way that wasn't preserved. Uh, the books of previous people were not preserved. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, out of his mercy, has preserved the Quran for us in two different ways, two totally exclusive ways the oral way and a written way. Uh, and they both back each other up. So they all prove that the other one is correct. However, they don't depend on each other. And we're we're going to dive deeper into it. And today we're only going to talk about the oral preservation inshallah. I believe that will be enough for today. So the oral preservation. Um, what happened about the oral preservation? I really need you to pay a lot of attention. We're going to go through a lot of details and we're going to also go through a lot of hadith um, to prove to you everything of course that I'm saying and to prove to you how Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala indeed has preserved this in a miraculous way so how did we get the Quran orally well first the the um the Quran came first from Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala to Jibril Alayhi salam and then from Jibreel Alayhi salam to the Prophet Sallallahu um, The scholars deferred how Jibreel received the revelation from Allah Subh'anaHu Wa taala, And there were three opinions from what I could gather. Uh, the first opinion, they said that Jibreel simply received the revelation. He, he just, you know, Allah can say Kun Fayakun, right? So uh, the Jibreel just simply had the revelation and then he knew everything he needed to say to the Prophet. So that was one opinion. A second opinion said that the Malak Jibril used to memorize and review the material from Allahu al Mahfuz. We know that there's Allah Mahfuz, there's a like this tablet, this Quran that is not in this dunya, it's protected somewhere. And then Jibreel could go and and read from it. So there's this second opinion uh, that Jibreel would go there, read what needs to be given to the Prophet sallallahu then brings down that information. And the third, which they had, which I lean to be with those um, with that opinion, there's a hadith uh, that Tabarani mentioned. Uh, it's a hadith marfua from uh, Nawras bin Saman it mentions that uh, allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used to uh, speak his words uh, azza wa Jal. and when he did that the heavens would shake out of fear of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and all the angels in the heavens would go down in sujood and the first of the angels to raise his head uh, used to be jibril and then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would tell him his words. And then Jibril would take those words and then come down through the heavens. And every time he crossed the heaven, then the angels would ask him, what did our Rabb say? qala rabbuna? And he says, al-haqq, the truth. And then we come across all these uh, heavens until he reaches our heaven, and and reveals it to the prophet sallallahu and the quran was revealed to the prophet sallallahu in one of two ways according to hadith uh, either the prophet sallallahu alaihi would see jibril as a uh, human being he would appear to him as a human being and then he would tell him the words and the Prophet ﷺ would listen to those words and then he would know these words. That's the the first uh, way. And then there's another way which the Prophet ﷺ told us about and he said that was the toughest of the two. It was so difficult for him to receive it that way. And that's when he received the revelation through a very loud Ringing bell. It, it was like a very loud bell that used to come to him, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and he said it was so tough for him but once that sound went away, it's as if all the words were printed in his mind. He, he knew what was revealed. So those were the two ways that we know through a hadith that the Prophet, Alayhi Salatu Wasallam, received those revelations. The Prophet then would order one of the literate companions who are around at the time of the revelation to write it down right then and right there. So among the companions of the Prophet there were only very few that actually knew how to read and write. Right? Because we we already know that even from the Qur'an, right? Um, But there were few that were uh, literate. Uh, And among them uh, is Zaid ibn Thabit radiallahu And in Bukhari, hadith number 4,990, the Prophet ﷺ actually asks, uh, after the revelation of one of the ayat, he asks by name for Zaid. He he says, uh, get me Zaid ibn Thabit and let him write this down. So we know from many hadith and specifically uh, Zaid ibn Thabit that he was uh, you know, given this very high importance uh, in, writing, uh, in writing Quran down. And in uh, Bukhari, Hadith number 5003, we also know that there were four people uh, at the time of the Prophet wasallam that actually gathered the Quran. Four people during the time of the Prophet wasallam. Uh, that actually collected the Qur'an. One of them was uh, Ubayy ibn Ka'b, and one of them was Mu'adh ibn Jabal, and I believe one of them was Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, I believe. But the important thing is there was four of them that already did that. So even at the time of the Prophet sallam, there were people who were doing that. Now, when the Prophet wasallam asked, the person to write those ayat down, he made sure also to tell him to read it back to him, to verify that wherever he read was correct, that he wrote it correctly. And then after that, after he made sure that it was written correctly, the Prophet ﷺ would then recite those words again and again to the companions that were present around that were not literate. And he would hear back from them and corrects them until they perfect their pronunciation and their recitations. Those companions would then go and teach other companions. And so on and so forth, until today, this is how we have. The Quran today from the oral transmission one, through one, through uh, so somebody would actually recite to you and then you recite back and they double check and they review. Now when a lot of people at the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam started entering Islam, the Prophet requested ease. And th- this is where it becomes a little delicate and I wanted to make sure I mentioned this, because um, this is something that is very rarely talked about, however. Um, what's happening is sometimes non-Muslims who have no clue about our Dean, of course. Poke start poking around and, and mentioning things to Muslims who also don't know about this topic and what happens is, unfortunately, some of us start having doubts. However, um, if we know what I'm going to share with you, inshallah, and I'm hoping uh, what I'm share uh, will share with you will eliminate any doubt uh, that will ever come out from uh, anything that uh, you know might arise from that. Uh, I'll show you how everything in this deen, everything has been preserved. Subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa taala has made sure that there's an answer for everything. And we just have to ask, you know, if, if something is bothering you about this beautiful religion, if anything you have doubt about it, you don't understand, or you can't find the connection, or how is that, or you think that there's a contradiction of some sort, you should ask because there is an answer for it. Because this deen is from Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala there's no doubt about it so what happened when people started coming into islam and that's of course let's make sure everybody is awake here so uh, let's let's do some some testing what age and first few easy questions i want you to answer through the chat what age was the Prophet Sallallahu when he became a prophet? That's, that's a very easy question. But this way I make sure everybody is still awake and listening to me. How old was the Prophet Sallallahu when he became uh, a prophet? 40, yes. Alhamdulillah. Jazakumullah khairam. How old was he وسلم, when he died? Okay, now we're having some in and outs, mostly, mostly correct. okay, it's sixty three, right sixty three. If you say sixty two maybe we'll allow it. okay, so so that's fine. now, the most the more difficult question is how uh, old was he when he came back we all know that the prophet uh, became a prophet in Mecca and then at some point he migrated right how old was he when he migrated until now I have two correct yes 53 around 53 years old that's correct okay and then how old approximately was he when he came back uh, with Fatah Makkah? When he came back and opened Mecca, uh, victorious. And all, uh, all these questions are important so that we uh, I show you at the end. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you why I'm asking. 61. Yes, 61. It's, it's the 8th year of hijrah only one person responded and it was that was the correct answer it's the eighth year of hijrah when the prophet sallallahu came back victorious and opened mecca right so eight plus 13 that's 21 plus 40 that's 61 excellent abdullah and farooq okay now that i have said that so from when he was a prophet that was 40 years old until the opening of Mecca, that's 21 years, right? So there's 21 years before the opening of Mecca. And then the Prophet wasallam lived two more years, alayhi salatu wasalam, and then he died. I want you, I want us to read this together. The Prophet والسلام, said, Jibril recited the Quran to me in one way. Then I re- requested him to read it in another way. And he continued ask it, asking him to recite it in other ways. And he recited it in several ways until he ultimately recited it in seven different ways. And that came from Bukhari, Hadith 4991. Two things about this hadith. First, this hadith came after the opening of Mecca. When we had a lot of people coming into uh, Islam. Because the Prophet, salam now that a lot of people coming from all over the Arab uh, world back then, all these tribes, all these different dialects, all these different places, they started coming in. And the Prophet ﷺ, mercy to all mankind, he's always worried about others and he wants to make sure that uh, everybody you know, joins and has and feels like the Qur'an is his. The Prophet ﷺ requested that the Qur'an be, subhanAllah, be revealed in more than one way. It's amazing how he, he even thought about that, right? Like, we, we, we wouldn't even probably think about that. So he requested that, and he kept bargaining with, 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 with Jibreel, who he said, first, harf, The Jibreel says harf. So I want to also, the second note is, here in English, we translate. Unfortunately, there's no good translation for that. Uh, the, the word in Arabic is, it came down with one harf, if, if I literally translate it, it says on, in one letter, but it doesn't mean anything. So here they say in, in, in one way, and until seven ways. It actually is wrong because seven ways, you might think there's only seven, like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's not seven ways, it's seven ahruf. And seven ahruf, if you actually study how things are, it's actually a seven ways of combination which means it's way more than seven. But what I wanted you to see, that we know from Bukhari that the Prophet Sallallahu did request that. Now I want you to also read with me this hadith also from Bukhari. An Umar ibn al-Khattab, I heard Hisham bin Hakim reciting Surat Al-Furqan during the lifetime of Allah's messenger And I listened to his recitation and noticed that he recited in several different ways, which Allah's messenger had not taught me. I was about to jump over him during his prayer. You know, Amr ibn al-Khattab, mashallah, is is very uh, serious about the deen, and he's, you know, doesn't mess around with this stuff. But I controlled my temper, and when he had completed his prayer, I put his upper garment around his neck, and seized him by it and said, Who taught you the surah which I heard you reciting? He replied, Allah's messenger taught it to me. I said, You have told a lie. Subhanallah. Imagine, right? He said, You have told the lie. This is Amr al is saying. So, for Allah's messenger has taught it to me in a different way from yours. So I dragged him to Allah's messenger and I said to the Prophet, alayhi salatu I heard this person reciting Surah al-Furqan in a way which you haven't taught me. On that note, Allah's Messenger said, release him, O Umar. Recite, Ya Hisham, recite. Then he recited in the same way as I heard him reciting. Then Allah's Messenger said, it was revealed in this way. Imagine it was revealed in this way. And added, recite, O Umar. And I recited it as he had taught me. And Allah's messenger then said, it was revealed in this way. And then he says, this Quran has been revealed to be recited in seven different ahruf. I'm gonna say ahruf, the word, to be more accurate. So recite of it whichever harf is easier for you. Or read as much of it as may be easy for you. That's in Bukhari. And we don't know about it. We think it came down in the exact same way, in one way. And sometimes, subhanAllah, we want to limit the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah who is قدير, the one who is capable of doing everything, for some reason, suddenly we say, how is it possible? Like, I thought the Qur'an is only one. Yes, actually it is one. But Allah has revealed it in so many different ways after 21 years. So the first 21 years, the Qur'an was revealed in one way. And when all the tribes started coming in and the Prophet ﷺ feared Or wanted more people to to be the Quran for them to be easier because they have different dialects and and they speak Arabic in a different way and they use different terms, right? It's like us, for example, in New England, we say, you know, I want to eat a a tuna grinder, right? Grinder. The word grinder in a lot of other states does not even make sense to them. What what do you mean a grinder? They they don't even understand it. Probably if you say, uh, I want to eat a tuna sub, It makes sense to them, right? So different states, I'm I'm just giving you an example to have an idea of what I'm saying. So sometimes words are are chosen instead uh, so that it makes more sense for that tribe. Uh, Sometimes it's even in grammar, things are slightly different, but without ever changing to the meaning. In fact, the meaning is just... More, uh, there's addition to the meaning. Never, ever contradiction in the meaning, and, and that's the amazing and beauty of the Quran. It's that, uh, think about this: that Allah subhanahu wa taala when He revealed that, remember that Allah subhanahu wa taala says in Surah Al Baqarah, "Let them come up with with something from this Quran. Let, let them make something from the Quran." Uh, some people could have said. Well, we, we can't come up with something like the Qur'an because it's not in our dialect. Back then, the, the Arabs, those tribes, those different tribes. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has actually revealed it in all sorts of ahruf so that they said, you know, they can't say even anything. You, you claim it's a different harf. Here's something in the harf that you actually speak. Now make something like it. And still nobody could... Uh, come up with anything like the Qur'an. And one more hadith, inshallah, with regards to this topic. And this time it's from Ubayy. And Ubayy ibn Ka'ab, again, to show you that this, this was uh, you know, very late in the life of the Prophet wasallam. And Ubayy ibn Ka'ab was one of the people who wrote the Qur'an once the revelation came. So It was for him a shock as well. And he was saying, I was in the mosque when a man entered and prayed and recited the the Quran in a style to which I objected. Then another man entered the mosque and recited it in a style different from that of his companion. So now we have like three people with different styles. When he had finished or when we finished the prayer... We all went to Allah's messenger and said to him, this man recited in a style to which I objected. And the other entered and recited in a style different from that of his companion. The messenger of Allah asked them to recite and so they recited. And the messenger of Allah expressed approval of their modes of recitation. And there occurred in my mind, and I want you to, to listen to this very carefully. This is a Sahabi talking. This is a Sahabi who used to write the Quran, but he didn't know that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam requested what he requested, um, the ease. What what is he saying? And this is in Bukhari. And there occurred in my mind a sort of denial. You know, some waswasa, Shaytan is coming and putting bad ideas. A sort of denial which did not occur even during the days of ignorance. When the messenger of Allah saw how I was affected by this wrong idea, he struck my chest. And I want all of you inshallah to strike with your right hand, strike strike your chests. Whereupon I broke into sweating and felt as though I were looking at Allah with fear. The prophet said to me, Ubayy a message was sent to me to recite the Quran in one way. And I requested, make things easy for my people. Allahu Akbar, alhamdulillah. And there's actually um, a couple more hadith in Muslim that I didn't list in this um, uh, PowerPoint of mine. There's a hadith that also says uh, a completion for this part. The Prophet ﷺ said to him to obey that Jibreel came to me and asking me for one half, and I said, make it easier. And he came and says, two halfs, And I said, make it easier. And then, then Jibreel came to me and says, seven ahruf, recite upon any one of them and they're all good. And for the three times that I came to visit you, Allah has also granted you three wishes subhanallah because the prophet sallallahu wa was so caring and mindful of others Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted in a way to reward him so he said three wishes and I'll grant you those wishes and the prophet sallallahu alaihi continues in that hadith and he says so I did two of them I said Allah for for Oh Allah have mercy and forgive my ummah two times. And he said and the third one I kept it for my ummah on the day when even the prophet Ibrahim himself will be coming to me. Allahu Akbar. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala sayyidina Muhammad. So this is why we have 10 different qira- Qiraat. This is why if you hear about there's different Qiraat, you shouldn't feel like, well, what, wait a second, I thought there's only one Quran. It, there is one Quran. And in fact, when you really, if you really want to be a person knowledgeable about the qiraat and you start studying those qira'at you will know and you will have even more certainty and yakin that they all actually are exactly the same meaning they add to each other and they back each other up.